podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. On today's episode, we have Z Schwab. He considers himself a scientist explorer, and he is the founder of Sire Care. Sire Care creates effective natural health remedies that are clinically tested, but as natural products can reach the market far more rapidly than typical synthetic pharmaceuticals that require extensive review for potential safety risks. The first product of Sire Care was retained, an all-natural patent-pending formula that stops hair loss. It contains ingredients proven to work as well as leading pharmaceuticals, but without any potential side effects. Z, welcome to the Run With It podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Great. So as we talked about, we're excited about new business ideas. So let's just launch right into it. You filled out this form that told us a little bit about the idea. And we're going to go through these questions here and, and just answer them one by one. So tell us a little bit about the concept I had this concept really where my friend um, was having an issue. He was walking quite a bit and he, his feet were not just like hurting him, but you know, an intense amount of pain. Uh, he went to a podiatrist and told him that because his feet were kind of flat, like he lacked arches, um, it was actually causing the, uh, I believe the heel bone of his foot to like gradually grind away. And he told him, you know, you got to get yourself some artificial arches, put them in your shoes. And it was like a really complex task for him to go ahead and do that. You have to go down to an office, you have to get sized, you have to wait, uh, it costs something like four or $500. And when he was telling me about it, it kind of clicked. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a really easy thing to do. It's just the mold, right? They just molded your feet. He's like, yeah. So my concept was just to have like an at home, uh, you know, orthotics sort of business where you'd be able to ship users mold, uh, a mold kit. Uh, they'd be able to get a mold of their foot. The company would be able to then just ship an arch out to them much quicker, much, should be much cheaper. And a very simple process. No, that sounds great. It's an, innova- an innovation, implementing an innovation mm-hmm. to yeah. create a, a new business out yeah. of an existing idea. Sure. And it shortens the market, which is, is really great for business. So if you were to describe the problem a little bit deeper, obviously there's the pain that the person feels from mm-hmm. footwear that doesn't match their needs if they mm-hmm. have uh, flat feet. Uh, there's also the... the it's expensive. So sure. the solution is very expensive and it sounds like it takes a long time. It takes a long time, especially uh, in just how long someone has to take to go get their feet measured for it. I imagine with that also, there are fewer people that go through that process. So the market is not fully served because... Sure. People will literally not get themselves what they need because it's frustrating to do it. Yeah. I have to say, even from my point of view, I, I struggle with getting to the doctor. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like afraid of going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. It's just on the top of my priorities list Mm -hmm. uh, to make appointments and go to them and make Mm -hmm. sure that all the insurance is figured out and all Mm -hmm. that. So if you could just sort of go online, click a button and the process gets started, it gets sent to you right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That definitely sounds like it's going to lower the barrier to entry and, you know, serve a lot of, help a lot of people avoid a lot of pain. That's cool. Let's talk about the solution a little bit deeper as well. Then you had mentioned it's going to be in home. Tell me a little bit more about the, uh, the sizing process that you're envisioning and, and what the process the consumer will go through with your version compared to the existing solutions out there. 
So from the little bit of research that I did, I just looked into how orthotics generally work. Generally, a user would have to make an appointment, head down to a podiatrist or orthopedist, um, who then takes a mold of their foot, who then sends it out to uh, some sort of lab, which then molds the arch, which then delivers it to the podiatrist or, or to the orthopedist, which the user then comes back in, puts it in their shoe and walks out. With this process, it would be you know cut out that doctor middleman process of the lab shipping the mold to the doctor, the doctor molding the foot. Instead, have the doctor you know recommend it to a patient. Patient would then just order mold online, have it shipped to their house, conduct the process themselves, ship it directly back to the lab, who would ship the orthotic directly to the user. Cuts out the back and forth. That's a, what I understand so far about the market. I didn't do like a whole bunch of research, but it seemed to be. About that simple. This might be a good time to interject a little bit of foreshadowing in terms of like where you started with your existing project, Mm -hmm. right? In terms of like the knowledge you started with Mm -hmm. and so the research directions you went. Can you compare that to where we are now with this idea and what you think about? I'd say compared to my current project, I've put um, under 10% of the research that I did. Um, into this orthotic concept uh, compared to what I did for my current project. It was literally a quick scan of market, just seeing how many people tend to be affected by this. Um, if I were really going full on ahead with this, I'd be doing, and this is just me, but I do recommend it when going into something um, you know, that someone would be interested in actually doing, I'd, I'd be studying down to like how the molds are created, what's used to get a mold of someone's feet, what the material is. Um, like, you know, you know, these little details that really do make a difference. Um, I'd also be looking into, is it prescription-based um, or is it more recommendation? And then, you know, does the orthopedist follow up or is it more, oh, you know, here, patient, you should be getting this for your feet. And then it requires um, the patient to be active about that process. These are these are like all the little details. And yeah, um, that's what I would do to really research and understand the market, the product, the user, and how they all fit together. And just another um, quick mindset question on the, on our journey here of our questions. Like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming in your current project, you know, you started somewhere and you ran into obstacles. Maybe some places where people would say, "Oh, you have to do X, Y, Z." So I give up. You know, <laughs> um, what is your approach? You know, or what do you recommend as an approach when somebody's sort of beginning to research something? You know, they're looking into mold sizes, prescriptions. Yeah. You know. I think it starts from like intense basics, really. Um, when someone is thinking of doing something, for example, you know, just using this right now, orthotics, do you really care about it? Like, I think the reason I'm not pushing so hard to like do it, do it, do it is I care a little bit about it because I have a friend, you know, who dealt with it and it seemed like this would make his life a lot easier, but I personally don't deal with it. Um, so I can't really relate to it. And I'm like, oh, cool. That would be a really, really great idea. Um, I think ideally someone who has, you know, either dealt with this issue or had someone really, really close to them deal with the issue, if that's even enough, um, it would be this push to be like, you know what, this needs to be on the market. Like orthotics need to be way easier for people to get. Um, that would be like beginning mindset is like, is like will, I would call it to have the deep will that desire to be like, I need this out there. And because I need this out there, the world needs it out there. Great. Yeah. And I think you did in the little research you sent, you said at least 3 million people in the U S alone have, uh, flat feet. Something so. like that. Yeah. And I think that was conservative compared to everything else I was saying. That was like the most conservative estimate. Sure. So hopefully one of those people is excited about starting yeah. a business as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Next. So what's our next question? Next question we've got here is the value of the solution. How much is this worth to a customer to have this problem solved for them? 
So apparently just given what the market uh, has, has it going for right now, it's something like three to $400 minimum. Um, that's just what places will charge. From what I was able to tell from how much it really would cost to create such a solution, I think the cost can be lowered to like $200, $225, which of course, you know, would be really lowballing it, but I'm into lowballing um, just so that, uh, you know, you can get more volume. I think it's really important to work that way. Less money hungry, more, you know, solution hungry. Do you have a concept of what the margin would be on that? Not a clue. That's the part that I did not look into. That, that's fine. That's, yeah. uh, that's part of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I'd also just, it's interesting to consider an issue like this because it's funny when I hear numbers like $200, $300, $500, you know, even $1,000, mm-hmm. in some sense, it seems expensive. And in another sense, it seems like to get away from this foot pain and right. get away from developing these long-term conditions yeah. is worth far more than a totally. hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to both compare with what the existing price is and you know possibly lower the cost of what the existing price is, but then also realize that there actually may be additional value that you could add for clients because it is such a you know, it's, it's such a long-term issue mm-hmm. that you could potentially solve for them. Yeah. And then there's the other side of the marketing also, which I tend to think about is that orthotics are not sexy. They're almost seen as, you know, oh, when you're older, you might need orthotics. It should be made sexy. Like similar to how Smile Direct is making braces kind of cool, trendy, hip, fun. Orthotics should be made, I don't know if cool, trendy, hip, fun can apply, but words along those lines um, that like, oh yeah, you're grinding the bones of your feet down. You should probably prevent that and it would be a really good idea. Um, and yeah. instead of making it this like, I'm going to hide it in my shoe, be like, no, I'm going to put it in my shoe. Well, these are you know subtle, subtle things, but they make a world of a difference when it comes to helping people dealing with the problem, not just deal with it, face it, own it, be okay with it, and then and therefore be willing to take care of it. Like the beginning steps to like fixing a problem is being like, oh yeah, I have a problem. You know, it sounds pretty uh, basic, pretty like, you know, uh, what everybody would say, but it's, it's a deep truth. Yeah. And definitely probably space for um, like a influencer, influencer totally. marketing. Totally. Very, very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, influential people that have for sure. a problem. Yeah. I'm thinking also in terms of value of, I spent two years in Asia. My wife and I, we traveled all around and a lot of times we'd spend 10 hours <laughs> on our feet out there. Right. And we wouldn't be able to do some activities because our feet hurt. So I imagine that you're opening up experiences to people too. If you're sure. traveling, you're able to right. spending thousands of dollars to fly somewhere else, a $200 investment that can make that more enjoyable for yep. you, right? and, and allow you to see more things. That is, that's not. Yeah. And it's again, thinking about travel, like you said, it's not even a difficult thing to travel with. Like it's flat and it goes in your shoe. It's very, it's basically a shoe. Yeah. Yeah, and you can, I imagine with these uh, orthotics, you can pull them out and use them with different Yeah, yeah, shoes. you can transfer them between shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one pair goes a long way. Totally. Okay, so market size, what is the size of the market and potential large-scale value for the opportunity? So did I did I uh, put that in the questionnaire? I think I laid the number down. I don't remember it by heart. Yeah, you give some numbers here. You said th- about 30% of people have flat feet. Right. So one of us could have it. Yeah, that's right. That would be likelihood. If we add a couple more people, we'll definitely get someone. And then um, the large scale value at $200 cost per individual would get up to $19 billion. Right, right. Okay, that, right. That was approximation. And that approximation of what I based it on was just knowledge of how markets tend to price their products. Like, for example, how usually orthotics are like, you know, between three and $500 makes it likely that 
even going for a low margin is $200 a piece, which then, yeah, if it's 30% of market equals about 19 billion. That's of course, having addressed the entire market, which being optimistic and also assuming that if you speak right and you make people feel the way they want to feel, yeah, it shouldn't be impossible to approach a really large percentage of the market. And just to give another, again, connected to your existing project, do you remember sort of going through these numbers in your in your existing project mm-hmm. and sort of trying to figure out what the market size was yeah. and so mm-hmm. forth? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, the first time looking at the numbers, it's kind of like very abstract. Yeah. And and how did your maybe initial projections match with what you're experiencing? Like, because now you're sort of up and running for, mm-hmm. for a bit of time. So it comes, to, it comes back to also comparing to how much outreach, you know, a company is putting into how much is actually incoming. So compared to how much we're putting out ratio wise to how much is coming in, it's a super, super high ratio. And that's a lot because of the authenticity of it. You know, no exaggeration, no no, no fake feel. Um, you know, uh, there, there are companies that the way they market their product, it feels very snappy, quick, but fake. Um, it has that feeling to come across as extremely real, like really talking to the user where, you know, when a user clicks onto a website, they just feel like, oh yeah, they get me. This is the way I think about it too. That's what really ensures that the ratio of how much you're putting out versus how much is coming in and therefore how much of the market you're actually addressing for cost becomes a really viable number. Great. That's great information about the way that you think about marketing, for sure. So let's talk about the competition. What type of competition already exists and what makes your solution unique? So uh, there's, from what I'm able to see, in, in regards to orthotics in general, I mean, there's a huge market to it. But in regards to at-home orthotics, I was able to find one company that's doing it. And it seems like they're doing, you know, similar to this sort of thought process. The main difference to this would really be the brand that would be established and how they approach their users. The brand that I found um, is really approaching an older demographic, which I'm sure is great. But like we were saying before, this is, you know, it's a condition that will affect people and it has permanent effects if it's not taken care of when it's discovered. And it tends to be discovered like pretty young, you know, it can be, it can be discovered like as young as 18, you know, when the foot is sort of finishing its development time. I mean, that, yeah, uh, just simply a brand that approached this differently and approached all ages um, and all genders, obviously, would, you know, would, would just do a lot better than the only other company that exists. Quick question. Would you focus on, even though you might ge- create, get mm-hmm. to a more general audience at a later point, would you focus on a niche audience initially, like a certain age range or gender? Yeah. or it would, it would be something like that. Um, it, that would require, again, like more study into who's more likely to buy it. Does anybody, if anybody goes to the podiatrist, they found out they have flat feet, will they just buy it? Or do they have to be in a certain socioeconomic standpoint? Is it generally men or generally women? Um, yeah, these are all things that I would explore and probably target a niche just to, I mean, this is maximizing cost, right? It's very easy to just pay a marketing agency a couple hundred thousand dollars, but that's not the key here. The key here is to understand your market so well that every copy that you write is really real. And through that whole process of really coming to understand a market by addressing niche and then going bigger, that's how a brand and its wording and everything about it is developed. Coming back to the competition, I'm thinking of like the $12 inserts that you can see at Payless when you're checking out. I've personally been with my wife when she's bought at least five of these at the time that we've known each other. How do you position yourself? How do you think about that 
competition. Right. So from what I, I bumped into that as well, I believe there's a really big difference. Like, I think those are comfort. Like, for example, I have a set of boots um, that came with inserts that were just, you know, just part of their uh, sales process. They were just like, oh, yeah, this makes it more comfortable to wear them. And it wasn't at all like for medical, uh, you know, with orthotics, it really comes down to like a person's foot can be so flat that the, the, the stance of the body is actually causing too much pressure to be placed on the heel bone, which is causing literal, uh, over time, an amount of bone is ground away versus people who don't have such flat feet. There's a perfect balance between the ball of the foot and the heel of the foot, and you know it, it works out. So those, those uh, inserts you can just sort of buy, it's for comfort. It adds a little bit of support, you know, and it makes it easier to stand for longer periods of time to walk. And when it comes to orthotics, it's really correcting something that's, that needs to be corrected. If not, there can be long-term permanent damage. I'm also thinking about it as an analogy of an ill-fitting shirt. You can get a gel insert that, that works, right? That covers your body yeah. like an ill-fitting shirt, but it doesn't look good. It doesn't work Correct. Yeah. well. It's, mm-hmm. it's one size fits all type of thing. Exactly. Whereas this is a measured solution that mm-hmm. would be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Also, I imagine, I would imagine that a custom fit orthotic would last a lot longer. I, yeah, I believe it's almost, like almost like nearly permanent. Yeah, so that is a from a, a sustainability standpoint, that's attractive. That's a great from, point. From a um, just a repeated never having mm-hmm. never having to think about it, right? One timer, yeah. One time, buy it for life. Yeah, God. So that that makes sense to me. It's a really good point. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm thinking of in this case is that sometimes people don't realize that competition is not the same product you know it's a people have a budget for multiple things and they choose you know am i going to go on vacation am i going to you know spend money on on this or that other thing that is completely unrelated and um, i'm thinking that in this case because it sounds like we might be marketing more Mm -hmm. to the individual who's savvy Mm -hmm. you know you're intelligent Mm -hmm. you're savvy that's why you're getting this you're avoiding future pain um it would be useful to consider that when it's when you're doing things to avoid, there's multiple things you could avoid in life, right? <laughs> so why are you going to invest your money in these orthotics versus the other things? It seems like the marketing would be useful somehow how address that. That you know this is the problem for you to address now. That's why you know you're not you're going to use this money that you could have used for some other other. Thing. Right. Like again, it would be really understanding the market, and what assists with that is that people who would be researching a product like this would have already presumably gone to a doctor who told them, "Hey, you have really flat feet. Uh, you know, here's what we're going to right, do about right. it." Kind of a tangential question. Your existing business, Sirecare, it also solves a a need for people that it maybe is is something that they're not always thinking about, but how do you think about exacerbating the pain in your marketing? Do you try and, you know, poke it too much? It doesn't seem like that. that, that I don't. Right. I mean, so here, here's the thought process with my co-founder who runs a, a, a decent part of the marketing. He has a really great approach for how to speak to users. We discussed, you know, making people have pain, right? It makes people click through. And that's true, right? Um, Short term, it would like, hi, this sucks for you. Like click through or else, you know, (laughs) he had like analogy, almost uh, his first analogy to me, the way he, he like hated on it. He was like, it's like having a parent just yell at you for like <laughs> any reason. He's like, why would you like that? He's like, it works, right? The child stops, but there's like, there's this residual hate. So I, I feel like poking a pain point again and again, like the user's in pain, they know, 
and it might make them click through, but long-term it makes your brand look like a really bad parent. Yeah. <laughs> Funny analogy. Instead, why not be like, hi, we, we know you're in pain and here, like we'd love to help as opposed to you're in pain. Only we help. Uh, these things are really subtle, but they really make a difference. Right, right. It's like a friend. It's like a parent mm-hmm. that cares, that wants mm-hmm. to know what's going on, not yeah. chide you for, you know, yeah. for drinking with You're your wrong. Friend. How dare yeah. you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's one of the things that stood out to me about your brand. When I, um, when I first reached out, I did a little bit of research on you, and I, I saw that, and I thought, wow, these guys really speak about this topic that easily could turn into this like, very negative hate uh, I mean, I mean it, as someone who has the male pattern baldness gene, right? It's, yep. it's a sensitive topic for, totally. uh, for us. And I thought that you guys do a good job of that. Now, I am going to push you a little bit on that idea. So what about the people who don't know that they have a problem? How do you approach those people and introduce the pain to them and introduce your, yeah. your solution. So to be real, right now, we're, we're mostly focusing on people who are already like even just a little bit educated, people who are there to an extent that are starting to think. People who haven't started to think about the problem, we haven't addressed it so much, but we also have noticed that because, I mean, you know, just not to, this is not really off tangent, it'll, it'll come right back on, how the, how the market tends to go in certain directions. Right now, there are a couple of companies addressing hair loss. The fact that they are being rude to users is great. Because <laughs> are looking and they're researching hair loss. When it comes back to a company that's not being rude, we're we're taking them away, which is nice. So that works um, in its own way. Um, they're you know essentially to an extent they're causing an education revamp, sort of kind of to happen. And by being sweet about the problem, it draws these people to us, um, and then helps us educate into further. And it's it's all you know to an extent exponential. Let's talk about that then in relation to orthotics, Mm -hmm. which is not as obvious of an issue to me, at least it's Mm -hmm. hair loss is obvious to everybody, right? So I would imagine that more people are unaware of the problem that they have and they just think that everyone's feet hurt. Mm -hmm. They come on my feet all all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it would seem to me that there would need to be a little bit more education or do you believe that you could approach this with that same model of approaching people who already know that they have a problem? That's a really, really good point. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think you're really right about that, that people really would just say, oh, my feet hurt and that sucks. And they just sort of you know, deal with it without realizing, yeah, I guess it would have to be a different approach in regards to education, but then balance it against not being too painful, like not being like, you know, uh, I don't, I, how would you even be rude with orthotics? I don't know. Um, but instead, you know, it'd be like, hey, why do your feet hurt? You know, uh, in an ad copy, it just like pops into mind. Why do your feet hurt? Post that up and have someone click through there. And they think like, oh, why do my feet hurt? And maybe that would be kind of an interesting way to approach it. But yeah, it would require a decent amount of education of the user before even talking about the solution. Spitballing here, one mm-hmm. thing that I think would make it very approachable is to say one out of three people have flat feet. Right. And they don't know that their life could be so much better if right. they had custom orthotics or if they right. had that solved, right? That's just that idea right. of, of saying it's not just you. A lot of people it's, have It's a huge problem. percentage, right? Huge this problem exists. Have this problem and they're untreated. And part of the reason that they're untreated is orthotics are so expensive, right. but we have this solution that makes it easy, right. half the cost. You don't have to go to a doctor immediately in order to, to go through this right. process. You really don't at all. 
Yeah, there are all these. I guys. mean, even crazier would be. I'm almost imagining in a very crazy way. This, I mean, this would require a you know a more expensive beginning investment. But you know, being like, oh, do your feet hurt? We can send you a mold. We'll check it out for you. You know, charge people maybe twenty five, thirty dollars, whatever it is, just how much the mold costs. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, you're fine. You don't have flat feet. And then, you know, send them something about like, here, maybe walk this way. This, you know, I almost, I'm not fully uh, sure of what I'm saying right now, but, you know, possibly this would be a thing. Um, and then, you know, it can turn into almost the diagnostic as well as an education as well. You know what's really interesting, uh, making a connection here. So uh, our last guest, uh, David, ha- uh, we talked about an idea about, um, basically creating creating the ability for people to virtually view clothing mm-hmm. for themselves, right? Having some sort of an avatar of themselves, they could put clothing on and making it in, right. in a digital universe for shopping. So having a mold of a person's foot means you know about their foot mm-hmm. and you, know, you could potentially even tell them what kind of shoes fit best for them or what kind of shoes they should buy or people who have similar feet like these type of shoes database about foot information that would be a (laughs) huge thing that's also cool that's something that doesn't change very much after you become an adult yeah it's really very very permanent and then it aggregates data understands markets oh it's a a hilarious marketing technique and this is just I mean, this is a direction it's really worth going down and be like, we have a foot fetish. It would be, it would be crazy. It would, it would be, yeah, it would be insane and it would do really, really well. Or even cool. Yeah, you yeah. could have the CEO, the CEO says, I've made a mold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like walking that border of like hilariously making fun and like, you know, and being not too creepy is, is wonderful. People love it because it's like, oh, you're being straight up. Like, that's funny. It makes right, me think right. of the squatty potty video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but the, yeah. the unicorn. <laughs> yeah. And that is a topic that is very difficult to. Very, yeah. The, the way they approached that was very cool. It was like, wow, that's a great way to talk. So this is interesting, you know, based on what you're saying, there's some businesses that have um, a lead magnet that's a that's a book, right? And it's like, actually, we're giving you the book for free. Mm-hmm. You know, just put your email and address in here, pay shipping and handling and so on and so forth. You know, you get the book, but then now you're the client. We have your information. We can start fostering a relationship. And so potentially, depending on the cost of the materials, or maybe you can even come up with a cheaper version of the materials that you'll say, hey, we're going to send out a free foot mold to anybody who wants it. You know, do you want to do you want the most pleasurable walking experience you could ever imagine? You know, <laughs> uh, you know. Put in your molds, you know, we'll send you a 3D image of your foot, you know, whatever. Then it's starting from there. Now you can actually basically diagnose some yes. of the people that send mm-hmm. their foot molds and you say, hey, listen, you know, you actually have flat feet. Right. Like, let's take this a step further and avoid right. you some huge pain in the future. So on the other end of the spectrum, we could also do it where it's a viral video or a test, right? People love quizzes. Uh, it's a test. Hey, dip your feet in water and stand on stand on the pavement and look at what it looks like. I, I've seen, Great I've, seen idea. Uh, I've seen pictures of that or comparisons before where you can tell based on the market, yeah. you know, whether you have flat feet and that's a no cost way to check. It's something that people will be curious about themselves. They love learning about themselves. It can be a vir- I can literally virally Instagram funny of, you know, walking on a wet pavement, uh, you know, wet walking on pavement or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So another way to that's test great. it. That's a really, yeah, cool I love this. Let's let's keep rolling here with validation. Yeah. We we kicked around a bunch of ideas, but what are the exact steps you would start with to prove that this idea has legs? What kind of testing can you do, and how can you gather feedback from user engagement? 
I think the first thing I would do is get a mold from a competitor just to see, <laughs> just okay. to see. And then I, and this is just me being me um, because I don't like the whole concept of go to a VC, raise money. I think that's stupid. Um, it's great, but it's also, it's kind of lazy and it tends to result in a business that only makes money and doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. I'm going to hold from a competitor, see how that works. Then try to find people that are close to you, family, friends, uh, you know, and just give it to friends and family who I know had the problem. And just explore what it looks like. What what a flat fleet look like? What what is that like? From there, I was thinking about this when I was filling out the questionnaire, like what, you know, what would be the move? Um, how would you know you work out developing an actual um orthotic? And then it would really I think it would would have to turn into developing relationships with the labs or the manufacturers, whoever is creating orthotics, to try to see if you can be like that direct in between. And maybe like be so bootstrapped, you know, in the beginning, like you know, create a mold, find out really how that's created um, and just start shipping it out to people from there. You know, you be the go between ship it to the the lab and therefore, and, and there, and like use this to create your proof of concept that, Hey, I can actually create orthotics that work for people. And then from there, the growth begins. Sounds crazy. sounds like hardcore bootstrapped, but um, I think it's the best way I can think of right now. Yes. And a follow-up question as far as like having money to create the foundation mm-hmm. of, of a project do you are you familiar with a model more of uh, like pre-selling or investing? Is it investing your own money or is it sort of having friends and family money or savings or right? So from I can tell you just from our experience, we started with like three grand and we just bought materials. Um, like that's what we did, and then we talked to people directly on Instagram. This is a little bit before Instagram was filtering DMs as hard as they are now. Like we just drop into people's DMs. <laughs> influencers, people like that. Um, then we hit up Amazon and, you know, we went a little bit by word of mouth. Um, as regard, yes, yeah, for funds, just to start that little bit savings. I mean, friends and family, if that can be done, that's, that's, that's a cool way to do it. And just, you know, make sure you're spending like, like properly. Cause there are a lot of agencies and a lot of people out there that will help and not really give you the max help for the amount that you're spending. You know, these are, this is like the nitty gritty of running a business. Did the did the initial amount that you were able to invest give you some sort of bootstrapped return that you could invest further? Yeah. You know, were you looking at creating a sort of like a financial short-term opportunity to continue to, to grow? Is that? Um, it would be sort of a proof of concept um, that shouldn't, that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be profitable. It would be profitable in the sense that there's no loss. Um, and this, that enough of a proof of concept given with the ability to really show that, you know, uh, this is the person to run this business. Um, this would be enough to bring in front of an investor or even in front of friends and family, you know, um, that sort of line and then go from there. So, so, so let's say like one of our listeners, they have flat feet, they're in a huge amount of pain and it drives them to pursue this idea. Their thirst for entrepreneurship is as strong as their yeah. flat pain. Um, or some other profile, yeah. but so they, they come, they come to us and they come to, to, to wanting to meet with you and mm-hmm. be partner with you. What's going to impress you that they might have accomplished so far? Uh, it doesn't really have to be accomplishments. It's really the person. It's not hard to see um, when someone really wants something versus someone who wants to want or someone who's pretending to want. It's pretty clear. Okay. But they probably would have compl- done something. Yeah, right? it would be cool if someone did something. It would be cool if someone had like a whole bunch of knowledge or, or you know, some sort of accomplishment that they've already done that, you know, was their proof of concept, so to speak. Let's talk through some other potential action steps that these people could uh, could take, our listeners could take to impress you. 
One that stands out to me is uh, visiting a doctor and seeing what that existing process is like Sure. to really understand what someone has. Uh, you have a copay, you have insurance, you have to schedule maybe it's a month out in order to see the doctor. You're in the waiting room for an extra hour. All of those things that you can really understand deeply what the customer's mm-hmm. uh, existing process is right now. Um, maybe additional research on uh, competitor products, which is everything from the low end stuff that you'd find at less as you're checking out to the, uh, you mentioned the competitor earlier on uh, checking out what their process looks like. Um, we also talked about uh, potentially researching the margins on orthotics yeah. to see what that would be. Really understanding cost. Mm-hmm. Understanding cost, selecting a niche to start with. Mm-hmm. Understanding the market enough to understand which niche would be a great approach to yeah begin sort of the launch pad. Yeah. And also I'm, I'm thinking, you know, some of these sort of testing, some of these marketing strategies that we've talked about, you know, can you, it, you go to your friends and say, Hey, I'm looking to start a business uh, on that, that revolves around feet. Yep. My foot fetish. Will you all, you know, step in paint and put it mm-hmm. on a piece of paper and, and send it to me, mm-hmm. you know, like something, something kind of really fun. simple, fun, but like that shows that someone was able to get even a tiny group of people to be like, Oh yeah, totally. Right. And get people engaged mm-hmm. and curious and, and interested. Sure. Yeah. I would be, I would be impressed with okay. that. And we, yeah. We will, we'll highlight that again. This is not going to be the only steps that you can sure. take that will impress us. It's just rather important. Yeah. These are important and ones that, that stand out to us as uh, logical next steps. That you can take. But if you have your own actions, that's, uh, that's great. It's even better. Yeah. I think, I think these fit pretty well. I think this would, yeah, make the cut and really, you know, bring up, Good people. Can I, can I ask one more question just, just about this particular idea? Are you attracted to it because you're sort of within the medical and bio space or it just happens to be an idea that you like? Or are you more attracted to kind of uh, medically related ideas? I love medicine. I love um, biology and chemistry. Chemistry may be more than biology, but biology is pretty cool too. Um, so that probably is what makes me like, oh, you know, it lights up. There's definitely the fact that my friend brought it up to me. And then therefore that combined with the biology of the human being um, that really made me think about it like intensely. I have like a thousand ideas in my head, but you guys said one, and this one is like, this one's very, very viable. Some of my other ideas are more like fun. That would be cool. It would help people, um, right. but not necessarily that viable. This, this is uh, this is like, this can be like really huge. Yeah. A solid business idea for sure. We talked a little bit about it. Next question here is the business model itself. We talked a little bit about some ideas for uh, how you'd acquire customers and how you generate revenue. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I, I would just, uh, this is only looking at what right now is happening within the world of approaching users. Um, this will change over the next one month, two months, two years. We're um, talking, you know, day to day. Right now, what I would do is um, we're talking like long term. Once you know it's established, then there's some money for actual marketing. Um, it would be cool to do, you know, just basic uh, transit ads. Actually, as you know, that sounds uh, cliche a little bit. If you're in New York, you're seeing it happen a lot. But I think it has um, some merit. Um, and then obviously some Instagram, some Facebook. Um, I would also be talking, and, and this would be quite difficult. But when 
um, when this uh, channel would be established, it would do really well. I would be talking to podiatrists and orthopedists and anybody else that, that any other kind of medical professional that people tend to speak to about flat feet. I'd be trying to get them involved with recommending users to this company as opposed to what they usually recommend people to. And, you know, create, uh, however that would be created, either give doctors a cut, like a standard, or just, you know, have them just be really pleased to be part of something that's much simpler. It might be this, it might be that for doctors, it's a pain in the ass to do this. You know, this might be that a doctor might be like, oh yeah, this is really easy. I'll do that instead. I think those approaches would work. And then over time, uh, it would become a lot clearer what the best, uh, you know, channel and what the best way to approach the market is. And I'm sure search uh, ads would also do pretty well. Yeah, I could imagine also as just going back to the last question, another first step might be just contact a podiatrist mm-hmm. and say, hey, are you looking for other business, op- like sure. a big potential business opportunity to get in on mm-hmm. the ground level? And- Getting ground level and make, yeah, and make your business easier as well. It would, it would, it would work quite well. Yeah. And I think people perhaps don't realize how easy it is to reach out to somebody who would be willing to do something like this. So long as you reach out with like a lot of realness, people want to talk and people want to be part of things. Of course, you have to sell it properly. And that word is kind of a dirty word, but that's what it is. We're always selling something. Um, Yeah. You know, to get a podiatrist on board, to go ahead and even get like some minor sports player on board, you know, you'd be surprised. Again, it's surprising how often DMing someone with a blue check actually goes through and you then develop a relationship. That's a, that's a great nugget to, to pull yeah. out for our listeners there. It's a little secret, but it, it, yeah, <laughs> just be real and like you'll develop a relationship. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about key performance indicators. What metrics are the most important to track? Hmm. That's a good question. I think first comes to mind, obviously, is user, user satisfaction, right? So when you're creating a product like this, you're going to want to ensure that your margins are fine. So you're going to be using, you know, good materials, but you're also using most affordable materials. Again, margins are important. That's what a business is about. It is about making money to an extent. So, you know, user satisfaction to make sure that the product that's being created is the best. Like you don't want to be almost the best. No, you want to be the best. You want it to look good. You want it to last. You want it to feel good. You know, you, you want even the packaging, you know, to feel good. This is all things that, you know, Apple has created you know, over time that everyone now follows. These are all good things. Those are, that's really important. I think it's also important to track, like Ethan was mentioning before, about just tracking foot data. It's a really cool thing. I think that would be like this underlying importance because the company itself can then morph into not just orthotics, but like footwear info. I think that's a really important point about this level of data that can be obtained and, and you know, stored away and then really used to help a user understand more about their own body. Yeah. It's interesting what we were talking about, you know, virtually shopping for shoes. We were saying that that was probably one of the, one of the simpler places to start, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's easy to put a pair of shoes on Simple. your, yeah. on your outfit and mm-hmm. compare it with how it looks. It's at a least. low render. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, just, you had mentioned tracking customer, customer satisfaction, mm-hmm. What kind of approaches do you use? Is it just surveys? Is it, uh, how do you rate us on a scale of one to 10? Is it? Right now we're doing it. Uh, we, we, we don't do any surveys or anything like that. We do Amazon reviews. We don't do user surveys just because we feel like they're really invasive. What we do do, and let's, my co-founder might kill me for saying this, but I think everyone should do this. So the way our customer response works is to an extent, the way things are worded are with encouraging an email back. And I mean, like how I think about how often you'll contact customer service, they respond and you just delete it. You're like, cool, taken care of the way our customer service response would be worded. It doesn't demand a response, but it encourages this like opening of conversation. 
and there's patterns to words. It becomes very clear who's satisfied, who's pissed, um, who's happy, and who's just doesn't really care. And that's the way we're tracking customer satisfaction at the moment. Um, it's less like they're happy, they are not. It's like, cool, this person is okay with what's going on. This person adores it. And this person is just blase about it. It's complex in it, and it has sort of like a spectrum. Mm. Oh, that's very useful. Yeah. Sounds like that could be a master class in itself. Yeah, that would be it would be cool so to develop like an algorithm that would track that. But that's that we're we're coming to understand it ourselves <laughs> before we actually create you know, something. Okay, well, I think we've got a, a good number of actions that we can leave our listeners with to take this idea and run with yeah. it, and mm-hmm. email us with whatever action you've taken at update at runwithit.us. Let us know what you did. Again, you have a couple of weeks in order to do this. And if you really impress us, you have the potential to partner with a very successful entrepreneur who has uh, made a good bit of money in the e-commerce space and understands medical field, understands marketing. So this is a great opportunity to kind of cut the line and, and partner with someone like that. It's really, really exciting. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Or do you want to just tell us uh, about your business, your website again? Um, sure. Can give a you know sign out quick review. Um, I'm Z. I developed a product that prevents and reverses hair loss. I built a company around that. Yeah, again, like Ethan said before, as you read my bio, I see myself as a scientist explorer, and it just sounded cool when I said it, and then it sounded less cool when I heard it. But it works for now. It'll change over time. Um, yeah, you can reach me through my Instagram profile. You can, like DM me. I tend to respond. Yeah, I think that's about it. Great. Yeah, visit sirecare.com. Learn a little bit more from from Z and take some action and get back to us. (laughs) All right. Great speaking with you guys. All right. Good talking to you, Z. Cheers. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.